0: Are you looking for the perfect bracelet for a loved one? Would your man be interested in a personalised keyring from his children? Are you looking for the best priced jewellery whether it be a necklace, ring, earrings, bangle or even more? Look no further than Crafted Arts. Crafted Arts is a local business based in Barry within the Vale of Morgan and they have a range of all the perfect items you need. If it's for the perfect gift for an anniversary or maybe it's for someone's birthday, maybe something for christmas or you wanted to give someone that perfect gift that will last a long time crafted arts is the business for you if you want to know more or see what they have in stock then you can visit them locally at 29 high street barry phillic morgan cf627 eb or you can go onto to their website at www.craftedarts.co.uk you can even email them at info at or maybe just give them a call at 4 double seven eight nine nine four two four eight. Trust me, it's worth it for the perfect gift. The best thing about Creative Space is that we don't just want to encourage people in being creative in TV, film, or even theatre. We also want you to be creative in a variety of other things as well. So, do you want to have experience in making jewelry? Do you want to pick up a hobby, but? not know what to take or where to start then look no further than the veil jewelry workshops veil jewelry workshops provides the best experience in teaching you how to make the best sterling silver jewelry they will help you make a range of silverware including rings bracelets, and many more pieces. You will learn the basic silversmith skills, such as soldering, texturing, shaping, and lots more. Not only do the workshops provide the experience for adults, it also provides the best experience and fun for children as well. So if you want to learn on how to make sterling silver jewelry, and if you're very interested, go onto their website at www.veildrewryworkshops.co.uk or get in touch with them via email at info at or even phone them at 07789794248. Hey everyone, how's it going? My name is Reese Deans of Creative Space Podcast. How is everyone doing? Is everyone okay? Is everyone keeping well? Everyone staying sane or staying insane? What's going on? Let us know how you feel, but I just want to say thank you all for tuning into the podcast and continuing to support in this show throughout. My guest on today's show is an actor, an upcoming actor. He's been in quite a few films with some of the biggest names in Hollywood including the likes of Ron Pillman, Harvey Keitel and even Nicolas Cage who he does an impressive imitation of Nicolas Cage. It's uh, Adam Marito and Adam Marito is not only an actor he's also a producer that is destined for greatness. This guy is so cool and he talks about extreme fishing the the way he talks about it it's absolutely phenomenal and it's a bit of an eye-opener for me and a bit of an education because the thing is i'm not really the fishing kind of person i got family who go fishing but he takes fishing to a whole new level i don't want to get into so much because i want you guys to enjoy it but this guy i mean some of the stories he tells i mean it's it's absolutely incredible so without further ado it's me and Adam Morito on Creative Space Podcast. This is curious, huh? uh, how do you, so Adam, how do you say your last name then? Because when I was reading it, I was like, Morito? Morito? I, I yeah, Morito,
1: you've got the Y's um, and
0: E, yeah. Yeah, yeah, oh, fair play. But people don't get
1: that, so it's good.
0: Awesome. <laughs> Where does the name come
1: from? um it's uh czech last name my family's from Prague.
0: all oh, right and, right. Like, yeah do you go true. to do you go to czech republic a lot do you sometimes go back or uh, go on vacation or anything like that i've only
1: been yeah. once i was there when i was uh i think 14 for the world cup and we oh. were visiting before we went on a, a cruise somewhere so yeah oh, i've right. only been actually once i've been to most of Europe except the really eastern parts but um I'd love to go back to Prague Prague is sick man Prague yeah, is yeah. a beautiful city all cobblestone you can walk from one end to the other at
0: night like it's it's pretty awesome yeah so, I've I've yeah. never been to Czech Republic I mean the amount of times where Wales have played in the football matches in in Czech Republic I've only had the opportunity once and I had to turn it down because I was doing a Uh, a a performance around that time anyway. And I was gutted because i that's one of the places I'd love to go is Prague. Um, Yeah, I highly recommend it. Yeah. yeah. So when it comes to, I mean, I'm going to get down to the extreme fishing straight away uh, (laughs) because I want to learn more because I got family who love to fish and everything. And the thing is for me, I mean, I'm not so much of a a fishing guy, but I do take interest in it, especially for those who, who do do it. So if anyone, you know, who's not familiar like myself with, extreme fishing w- mm. what is it and is what is it and you know what's the difference between regular fishing and extreme fishing which probably sounds tough because one's more extreme than the other but if anyone is like oh what's the difference
1: well first of all extreme fishing just sounds cool it's fun to say <laughs> and um, mostly done in salt water for species that are dangerous uh, you have to go far reaches to get them species that are big you know we catch thousand pound marlin um sharks i fish in 900 feet of water for these huge queen snappers and 300 pound warsaw groupers so and those fish have serious armory on them they can hurt you once they get in the boat and start flopping around so, so it's a type of fishing that someone has to be a little more experienced in doing than just going and putting a worm on a hook and throwing mm-hmm. it in a lake.
0: I seen some of the I seen some of the pictures on Instagram, mm-hmm. some of the fishes that you caught. And I'm there going fucking hell. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what the hell is that? I, I like, actually
1: just I just started shooting my first pilot YouTube episode here in Barbados last week, so we were around the island catching some pretty cool stuff.
0: I I heard yeah I heard that you were gonna there was correct me if I'm wrong but I heard like um, you wanted to do a, a TV series where you take certain famous people, celebrities, et cetera, out on t- to do some fishing. Am I right in saying that? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think that would be awesome. Cause um, you got to get an environment where it's, they're a little bit more vulnerable than being on stage where you have people in your ear and all your defense mechanisms and you're a little more guarded. It's like when you're out a hundred miles in the ocean with no one around, and you turn the engine off, and you can't see land. There's something about that. It's just so, like, freeing. Mm. You know? it's, it's nothing a very, brings your yeah. authenticity more yeah. than that. You're yeah. literally away from all civilization.
0: So it's a very jaws-like moment, isn't it? Because you're out in the middle of the ocean, you're gonna catch one big fish, and you don't know what's gonna happen. It's the eeriness of fishing. Um, I mean. For you, was there ever a moment? I mean, how long How long have you been doing extreme fishing then? Or in fishing uh, in general? 25 years I've been fishing. Mm. Maybe and 27.
1: 20? And yeah, the extreme, probably the last six years, I would
0: say. What's the yeah. scariest moment for you just going out fishing? Has there been a moment where you felt uncomfortable or where there was a scariest moment? Um, I almost had my leg bit off by a mako shark
1: when i was hanging over the side one day fishing for queen snapper so that i mean that was it i've been bit by a shark before but this one was like it was pretty terrifying mm-hmm. he came right up because mako shark they hunt from the bottom mm-hmm. so we were off like 12 miles and we were throwing some chum over for uh mahi mahi and stuff at the top and yeah i remember just like kind of seeing this silver thing and i didn't really know what it was so i looked over more and then he shot up to try to take a nip at
0: my leg jesus christ yeah i now keep my legs inside the boat um, <laughs> um, if there was ever a perfect moment to have john williams's theme tune to jaws to play yeah you know, you're gonna need it straight away <laughs> that
1: that was cool and then there was there was an incident um in the queen charlotte Islands, so high to glide northern british columbia where salmon fishing and I hooked probably like a 10 pound Chinook salmon and I got him to the boat. And this sea lion came up from underneath and grabbed the salmon and took off with him. And I was pissed off because they steal a lot of fish. And then I was watching him run. And then this killer whale comes up from under him and eats the sea lion.
0: Oh, shit. In Like one fluid motion. all All, all of that happened. So that was fun too. <laughs> Has so there been a moment where you got uh, excited, a proud moment as well in fishing? What is the best fish you've ever caught? I think the, yeah, the proudest. I mean, I
1: I got a 700-pound blue marlin here. Um, that was my first marlin ever. So that was a pretty a pretty good intro into marlin fishing, being able to land a 700-pound blue marlin Um I think that was a, that was a big moment. I've been chasing one that size for a long time.
0: So yeah. So if you were to uh, if you were to advise people, if someone came up to you, say like myself, who's not familiar with fishing, and just said, "Listen, I'm I'm thinking of going into fishing, but I want to do what you want to do." And if someone just came up and said that, what would be the first thing from your perspective to tell that? To what advice would you give? I'm trying to say. Get your head checked. <laughs> <laughs> the first thing
1: you want to do no i mean i even brought my guy from um from toronto my buddy to do the uh producing and the filming of the show and he got so sick the first day it's um people think that the ocean is you know it's not that bad i can handle it whatnot you don't understand like people get seasick to the point um it's not curable till you get to shore so no. um i would say start a little smaller start on the reef
0: and get some experience yeah it's the nature of the beast because you can't control nature and so when you're going out there you just don't know what's going to happen and yeah that's but that's the, the fun of it. of it it's the fear it may a lot of people say it's the fear of the unknown but it's got to be some side sort of funness to it because you're like well you don't know what we're going to catch
1: let's well that's go. the thing right that's with fishing it's you can go out to the same spot you've been to for 20 years and target the fish you have and Think you're gonna catch it, but the end at the end of the day, you never really know what you're bringing up, right? Mm. I mean, I still am hoping I bring up some undiscovered sea creature one day, just to say that I did. You know, I think that would be awesome. Mm. But there's the, there's the mystery to it that's always always alluring. I would say.
0: I was reading an article that you uh, you're a big fan of. I uh, was it river monsters. Oh that. yeah, yeah the. Yeah. What was the host's name again? I keep forgetting his, his Jeremy, name. Jeremy. Jeremy Wade. Yeah. I mean, have you ever met him? No, no, I haven't met him.
1: I know some people that know him were like two degrees separated um in the fishing world, but no, I've never had the chance to actually personally meet him or or fish with him, which I would love to do.
0: Mm. So. Hopefully with the T V series you can invite him on and say, Right, come on, you know. Oh you. yeah, yeah. <laughs> You got the experience. That'd be a good, be a
1: good intro. You got to get in
0: with that, you know, We're doing yeah. what you
1: love to do, so get over here.
0: <laughs> going on to acting. Um, was it always going to be acting for you? Or was it another career that you wanted to to try out? I guess I, I did want to be um, a
1: businessman, sort of like my grandfather, and, and do stocks and bonds and investment banking. But after... I think after halfway through college, I was kind of like, who am I kidding? I'm not going to sit in an office and do a nine to five. That's just not who I am. It's never going to happen. Um, and I always loved acting. I loved stage acting in um, in high school and college. I did a lot of theater. And then I decided to take it over just to film and TV to see how that carried out, because most of the people I really looked up to and aspired to be like, were doing TV and film. Um, so that's what I started doing sort of right after I got out of college. And yeah, started loving it. So just stuck with it and knew that
0: that's what I wanted to do from then. Did you, what What actors, who are the actors that you learned the craft from? Um, I mean, it could be, you know, was there any particular actor on a on a TV show or in a film that really caught your attention and you were like, oh my God, I, I want to be that person.
1: I think um, growing up, Ethan Hawke was big for me, watching the way he acted, um, Tom Hardy, Christian Bale. And then I got to work with Ethan on one of my first films, Born to be Blue. Um, and then another guy in that film, Callum, Keith Rene, who's a buddy of mine now um, from Californication and uh, Star Trek and a few other shows, sort of taught me sort of how to, how to navigate early. In the career, as sort of like a mentor.
0: Mm. Um, Going yeah, on, to, yeah, would
1: be good. Good to say.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you've been really successful with some of the films you've been in now, and shared the screen with, especially the likes of Harvey Keitel and Ron pillman and Nicholas Cage, etc. Which I want to know about these people. I mean, I want to know Nicholas Cage. I mean have you got any stories about him that are just so fun and uh, i mean he's a character on screen we all know that but a character off screen that's just another level i mean but for you because you did a film did you share the screen the screen with him or did yeah
1: you- yeah we did when we were in um, grand Cayman and filming over covid <laughs> and nick um nick loves fishing too so we got to talk a lot about that yeah He's saving up for this, or he told me he's saving up for this giant, like 114 foot fishing yacht called a sea ghost. And uh, he just wants to like travel around the Caribbean and fish on that. And he loves fossils. I love fossils. I've got a bunch of like popper fish and uh, starfish here on my wall. And uh, I have dinosaur bones at home and woolly mammoth tusks. And he has a lot of that stuff too. And then we were talking about spiders because I have a bunch of, like tarantulas stuffed arachnids at home and he was talking about his arachnids and, and he was saying he's like uh you know adam I, i've been trying to get this one spider from the amazon it's it's purple it's like a deep purple tarantula it's like vibrant But like, i can't get it across the border do you have like do you have like a spider guy i could talk to to like help me I mean, I, I'm going to be busy contemplating the inner workings of the universe in my room later, but after that, let me know and, and I could maybe get it across. I was like, yeah, I'll get on that. I'll make a few calls and see what I can do. Of course, I don't have a spider guy, but you're not going to say no to him when you're asked that.
0: So. Especially when he wants to learn the universe. And the oh, ins and yeah. out-
1: <laughs> He's a beauty. He's such a cool guy. He just... I don't know, he can, like, entertain himself in his own mind by sitting in a chair for eight hours and just laugh randomly yeah. and you have no idea what he's thinking about or doing, but he's just, he's never bored.
0: Yeah. I mean, we've heard a lot of actors who have played mm. thems- themselves in the other films, like Al Pacino and Jack and Jill, et cetera, but only Nicolas Cage can play Nicolas Cage to the fullest um. Oh, not even extreme. And I, I love it for her. I went to the cinema and watched it. And I just thought, God, well, if if the Oscars can give just the nomination just for, for the sake of things, please let it be Nicolas Cage playing Nicolas Cage, because that guy, that dude is on a different level. Did you see Willy's Wonderland with him? No, I haven't. I, I've, um... Oh, wait a
1: minute. Is that, oh, the, one
0: with... is that the one with um, the Chuck and Cheese one? Is that the chuck and cheese? Yeah, right? yeah.
1: All the serial killers are in the end yeah. robots, their souls or whatever. And he doesn't say a word the entire movie. There's zero dialogue. His character has zero lines, but he fights an alligator with a mop. Like it's
0: it's awesome. <laughs> I watched um <clears throat> uh what was the film not long ago? Mom and Dad, where all the parents just lose their minds and they're killing their uh, the kids, and obviously Nicholas Cage plays the father. And it was just this one scene where he's doing like a, you put your left arm in, you put your left—and he's just being, he's just losing his mind. And I'm thinking, dude, this guy can just <laughs> this, this a... I There's do don't know what it is, but he, if someone just gives him a crazy role, he's like, yeah, I'll do it, no problem. And oh, yeah. I, have you seen the video? It was a—it was a guy playing, like sort of playing his agent. Um, and he's like, right, Nicholas, uh, we're gonna. It's a. It's a. It's Shawshank Prison, but it's a it's a second film and it's just some of the wackiest ideas and Nicholas Cage like, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, I'll do it. No, but you're not. No, I haven't seen that. Please let me know. I would love to watch
1: that.
0: It's it's funny because (laughs) in the background, it's like the agent is telling him about these stupid film ideas. Um, And he's, and he's there going, right. uh, Nick, we got this film. uh, It's about a black hole, but there's a, a butt and he goes yeah i'll do it he went yeah but you're going to be playing the butt and he went no i'm going to do it and then in the when it cuts and it goes on to the next uh film that the agent wants nicholas to turn down in the back is literally nicholas cage as a butt and he's blocking the black hole and it's just like (laughs) what
1: oh my god there was uh there was a, a moment on set um I don't think I could say who it is, but someone was trying to give him, like they were arguing about the scene and someone was trying to give him a little bit of advice. And he was like, finally, he was like, you know what, you're right, you're right. I'll I'll, I'll listen to you. I've been a fan of yours since I was a kid. I used to worship your statue at Madame LaZong's wax museum. And oh, wait a minute. That wasn't you. It was me. Hey, nobody <laughs> knows who the fuck you are. Ha, 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 ha. And then just walked away. It was so good. Oh my God.
0: Oh, there's a reason There's an. he's got an Oscar as well. I don't care. Do yeah. you know what? If there was like, even if I had five minutes to speak to Nicholas Cage, I just want to pick that man's brain on German expressionism. The way he talks about it as well is like German expressionism, you know, it's art form and everything i think i just want to pick your brains because you're nicholas cage my god it's awesome uh, <laughs> but some of the other bigger names as well i mean you got harvey keitel as well from the the baker i mean mm-hmm. did you ever had screen time with him and if so what no was he- not with harvey
1: i don't i think i only met him uh once actually we weren't he was sort of his schedule was closer to the end of filming so he was just sort of in and out but um Ron and I spent a lot of time together, um, almost two months. We went to dinners and uh, everything. Yeah, I taught him uh, how to fish from our dinner table at this place. Grand came in to catch tarpon, which was pretty awesome. They let us just fish off our dinner table. You know, not many (laughs) places in the world will let you do that. So it's always nice when something like that happens and take advantage of it. Yeah. What's he like ron's as a person a guy. Ron, ron's very down to earth he's he's quite humble he's yeah. uh yeah he's not he's not he's not an ass so.
0: no i was gonna say what was he like as a person and yeah and, no, he's yeah and there's um there's only a handful of films i mean i loved him in hellboy and there was a what was the film it was with uh, sean Connery and christian slater what was that film oh it's it's gonna it's something rose i can't remember but you know he's He's all uh, makeuped up. He's very deformed, but the the man is so talented. I, um, some of the films he's been in. I just wonder why hasn't he been given enough praise, if you know what I mean, to reach that potential. like uh, not, not that even potential. Just like like you know, an Oscar nomination or something like that. I'm thinking, dude, why isn't he on that elite? Because he's he's up there. He should be up there with some, especially with some of the parts he's played. Is there any um moment memories? or moments that really stick up to you when you think of Ron Perlman?
1: Uh, let me think. I mean, I loved watching him grow up, watching Hellboy and Pacific Rim and um, Sons of Anarchy and all that. And then uh, I think just being able to spend enough time with him I'm trying to think if there was something specific but being able to spend enough time with him you get to learn sort of how real of a person he is and Mm. how genuine and and uh authentic he is and and he's such like a sweet guy off the screen you know the bad boy characters he plays and and whatever on screen are are not uh are not that resembling of who he is as a as a person so it's always cool to see that contrast in an actor because sometimes actors they don't play characters at all they're just themselves and they look good doing it on camera and that's it but to see uh to see to see who he actually was as a person was actually pretty cool Mm. and i'm sure there's a specific story but i gotta i gotta think about it i remember fishing off our dinner table was pretty cool (laughs) um yeah. Give me like five minutes That's something yeah. else. I'll come back to it.
0: Yeah, no problem. There's another actor as well uh, I've written down and it's Martin Freeman.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Queen of Bones. Queen of that Bones. In, uh, yeah, in August. So, um, with that, have you have you met Martin Freeman yet? Or uh, it's- Yeah, yeah, no, I have.
1: Yeah. I was only on the film for a day. He was uh I think about halfway through. But same thing, like really nice guy. I actually I, know, I didn't know that he was gonna be there that day that I was filming. So it was uh they had like a, a last minute scheduling thing, so I wasn't really prepared to meet Martin Freeman, but then mm-hmm. I was uh I was kind of glad when I got to the tent and he was there. I was like, Oh, hey up man nice to meet you i'm like kind of a fan so we got talking about sherlock and uh all all his earlier stuff and um yeah again it's like so weird when you see someone from fantasy films like you know him and the hobbit and whatnot Mm -hmm. and then they're like drinking a starbucks it's like (laughs) wait a second that's not that's not in middle earth like that's there's no starbucks there it's weird to i don't know it's kind of just like a a brain tease when you see something like that
0: are you looking for the perfect bracelet for a loved one would your man be interested in a personalized keyring from his children are you looking for the best priced jewelry whether it be a necklace ring earrings bangle or even more look no further than Crafted Arts. Crafted Arts is a local business based in Barry within the Vale of Morgan and they have a range of all the perfect items you need. If it's for the perfect gift for an anniversary or maybe it's for someone's birthday maybe something for Christmas or you wanted to give someone that perfect gift that will last a long time, Crafted Arts it's the business for you. If you want to know more or see what they have in stock, then you can visit them locally at 29 High Street, Barry, Fairleigh Morgan, CF627EB. Or you can go onto their website at www.craftedarts.co.uk. You can even email them at info at craftedarts.co.uk. Or maybe just give them a call at 77 89 942 48. Trust me, it's worth it for the perfect gift. The best thing about creative space is that we don't just want to encourage people in being creative in TV, film or even theatre. We also want you to be creative in a variety of other things as well. So do you want to have experience in making jewellery, do you want to pick up a hobby, Do not know what to take or where to start then look no further than the veil jewelry workshops veil jewelry workshops provides the best experience in teaching you how to make the best sterling silver jewelry they will help you make a range of silverware including rings bracelets and many more pieces you will learn the basic silversmith skills such as soldering texturing shaping and lots more not only do the workshops provide the experience for adults it also provides the best experience and fun for children as well so if you want to learn on how to make sterling silver jewelry and if you're very interested go onto their website at www.veildewerryworkshops.co.uk or get in touch with them via email at info at or even phone at zero double seven eight nine seven nine four two four eight. When you mentioned the uh, stage, have you ever been on stage on Broadway or in California or anywhere? Have you have you done? No, Broadway? no, not 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 professional
1: stage work. No, no. I'd, I'd like to do a Broadway show yeah. eventually. Yeah, you know, make the migration like a lot of Hollywood actors do for a year and. Um, I just saw David Harbour and Bill Pullman do uh do a play in London and it was so awesome. Bill mm-hmm. uh, Bill Pullman plays a crazy dad and and David Harbour plays a crazy son after their after David's mother just dies in the play and, and it's so good. So I was like, yeah, I'd love to do some stage like that where you can just cuz acting for the stage and acting for film are two very different things, right? One is Super over the top and very uh, expressionist and
0: and very out there, and then the other one is like very pulled back. So, mm. is there any play that so if say a, a producer, an agent, whatever, just came up to you and said, uh, "Adam, here is a here is a play or here is a musical," and what would be the title? What would be the musical or play that you would actually love to do on stage? well i i would love to do um
1: a professional production of spring awakening you know i've done that twice in in high school and college so why not take it to the to the biggest level with a real budget and see what we can do with it mm. it's, it's
0: a great play so i mean when i when i was in school the only plays that i learned i mean we learned a a few british british ones but it was always uh arthur miller tennessee williams uh plays and i did one from my drama teacher said right well, you're going to do this uh dual like with one of my friends and we took a scene from a view from a bridge and it was a scene where um uh, eddie the main character is speaking to his lawyer and he wants um his niece's boyfriend who's from a from Italy, an Italian immigrant and he, he just doesn't like him and he's like I, I want you to get rid of him and he's just coming up with all these nonsense and I remember thinking I'd love to put, I'd love to do this it's, it just looks awesome t- to do and it was always American plays especially Arthur Miller and Tennessee Williams and I only um, started learning uh, other playwrights outside <laughs> um, you know the likes of Harold Pinter and, and maybe Stephen Summers etc only until I got to university, where I was like, "Well, big mind," but it's, it's loads of plays that we can all say, "Yeah, we love to do that. I would love to do it," and it's only a matter of time.
1: Yeah, well, you you know more about those people than I do. I don't know who half those people are. I didn't uh, study too much. Too much <laughs> but...
0: Yeah, no, it's absolutely fine. I mean, um, like like I said, I mean, it's there's still probably. I mean, I I've had one or two people come up to you, so and say. Oh, you must know Eugene O'Neill is, or blah blah blah. I'm like, no, I don't. And I was like, yeah, but you're a theatre person. I went, so just because I'm a theatre person doesn't know I'm yeah. gonna know every single name in the excitement. There's a theater. lot of theater
1: out there, dude. Like <laughs> crazy. a lot of people with ideas that scribble them down. Yeah, so, a lot t- of read.
0: Yeah, of reading. I bet. Um, I'll tell you this one story as well. I mean, I wrote a play, just a simple comedy play between, and it was about two. Two um, uh, writers wrote a play, and the harsh reality is, is that it was gonna, it was gonna happen, it was gonna be put on stage, but now the producers like, no, we're backing out, it's not gonna happen. So in the drunken stupor, they they decide, right, we're gonna go and rob them. We're gonna we're gonna take all their money, we're gonna take all their valuables, sell the valuables, and put up put on a play of our own. And we did it in a, uh, a pub theatre, which held about fifty people. 50 seats 50 people can uh attend and we did it three days and on the second on the second night out of 50 only four turned up and that and it was a comedy so obviously when you're doing a comedy especially it's live you want to hear the the laughter, the laughter yeah. yeah yeah and it oh it was it was so i wouldn't say soul destroying but it was a learning process because me and my friend lewis left that theater that night and all we heard because there was two of my friends and two of his family members who only turned up and all we hear was <laughs> that, that was it in the back in the background oh i know and because i i don't know if it, i i asked my friend who, who did turn up on that night i said um you know uh, why didn't you just give the full big laughter and he went yeah but there was there was only four of us reese and it's so awkward if you're gonna laugh out loud and it was like oh look it would have just kept us going and we went to the pub just down the road, even though we were in a pub theater, but they had a, a band there, and we're like, nah, we're we're so deflated, we just want to have peace and quiet. And we just went down another pub was down the road, and we just sat there and we just thought to ourselves, damn, you know, th- that was This is life um, now. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, this is life now. I was like that is a big reality check for us. But we were we were deflated in different ways. I was more deflated the fact that um because there was only four people there. My co-star Lewis was deflated because he didn't see eye to eye with his brother, who was in that. And he, um, the way I wrote the um, the script was that he goes off on one slagging off his relatives, and he says, "Oh, my brother!" And he leaves the stage. And luckily, the stage is not; it's a small stage, and it's not far from the audience. He went off and just went up in his brother's face and said, "My brother is the uh, da 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 da." And I'm thinking, "Oh my god!" So we were both just sat there going, "Man, that sucked." but there we go (laughs) yeah that's why
1: i don't know that's why i always i'm a little bit scared and weary of doing professional plays because you have to remember lines and stuff and you know if you screw up it's not like you can get a second take it's a live audience right Mm -hmm. movies you can watch alone plays you got to see with a crowd yeah it's engaging
0: so yeah there was another one where we did um Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and it was like a junior production of it. So it was all kids and I was one of the oldest. So all the, all the parents. So I played grandpa Joe and obviously the kids who won the golden tickets, they were young kids, but all the adults, they were played by the teenagers. And I remember it was on a Friday night and what happened was everything went to hell. (laughs) It was like, everything just went to shit. The first thing that happened because the stage is split so on the so if you're looking at the stage on your right, there's the TV. So in the first act, all the kids around the world that have won the golden ticket, they will appear in the TV, sing a song, and then sort off. But on the on your left is the the bucket residence. So there's me Grandpa Joe and the other grandparents and Charlie, etc. There was a lamp, like a big uh, lamp behind me. And as the one kid was singing, all here heard was a uh, boom and it was oh, low and Brad. i just and i just went shit what happened there <laughs>
1: <laughs> i was like what happened there decorating
0: i know and i thought jesus christ and all i and all you can see if you were to watch in the audience all you can see is me even though i'm supposed to be bedridden is sliding off the bed <laughs> reaching for this lab. and it was so heavy i'm there holding on to my friend who's playing my my wife and i'm there going pull me pull me and <laughs> and uh and that wasn't it this wasn't it at all so you go it jumped straight into the second act and the guy um who played Willy Wonka we were having a good time and we we didn't care we thought "Why? Right. that was the one accident put it behind us the second accident is um obviously in the film uh, in the original we took a lot from the original Gene Wilder film so there's a shoot and the kid playing Vroukasol, she's like, "Oh, I want it now!" So she jumps through the chute, and the mo- who's the, the girl who plays the mother of Vroukasol? She chases after her and goes, "Vrouka!" She's wearing high heels, and the and the tube is not really that big. So as she jumped, she went Vrouka. She was supposed to go Vrouka, like it sounds deep. She jumps, and all you hear was a bang, like oh. that, because she was wearing high <laughs> heels. And with her, every single one of us, even in the audience, just went. Oh, and one yeah, of us, just, and one yeah. of them, one of us just went. Are you okay? Are, are you good? <laughs> it was just, and it didn't stop. Then no, you oh, can't. How are you supposed to stop? Yeah, like, and it was, but it's kids it, because we're just uh, only we only teenagers and kids. A lot of us, you would think, you know, oh, they're not going to learn improv and everything. Thank God, I had a brilliant drama teacher who taught us improvisation. And it's like if anything goes to hell, this is what you do, and this is where I went to hell. So there's a bit in the in the um, where you go into my TV, so that the this big ray or beam, whatever you call it, is supposed to come on the stage. Now it's only a small community theater, so we had to go around through the changing rooms back on if we wanted to get on the other side of the stage. And as we did, all of us went on. So all the other kids are gone. There's only me, the kid playing Charlie. Um, the mother of my tv and the kid playing my tv and it was willy wonka and another person so there was about 6 or 7 of us we went on there was nothing on the stage at all no ray beam no nothing and it just completely put off the kid playing willy wonka and my friend jack and if you can paint it if you can picture it my friend jack is stood there the lights are on him and he's there like i don't know what to do and it feels like if, even though we was seconds it feels so it feels like it can go on forever. And I remember I just looked around and I just went, oh, so Mr. Wonka, where did you see that shoot went again? And he just went, oh yeah, so uh, it, it does this, it does this. And he goes, oh yeah, so uh, right, uh, Mr. Wonka. Um... So everyone started piping in. I'm like, right, so Mr. Wonka, where are you gonna take us next? And he went, I don't know. And I went- Y-y-y-y. Please remember something. <laughs> I, was, I, was like, I was like, do you want it? And I'm holding on a walking stick and I'm there going, Bob, I'll take us over there. And I'm pointing to the exit. I'm thinking, if you go to the exit, we'll go again. So I'm there. Why don't you take us over there? No problem. Oh, what's that over there, Mr. Wonka? And he was like, oh, I don't know. Where should we take uh, you? And actually, you know, the lights are going off. The stage lights are going off. And I'm there going, you've got to be the gas building, you Wonka, babe. <laughs> I thought, you yeah, know what? Wonka the- always fucks it up. Yeah. <laughs> Wonka, you fucked it up. I'm, I'm going <laughs> off. I'm going off script now. So next year I went, you've got to pay British gas, didn't you? Yeah, and everyone started laughing. I thought, I don't care no more. But it was so, what was so funny was the fact that the people who were reviewing are the people who do the awards for the, the local awards mm-hmm. thing. So they were in this audience. I didn't know that till afterwards. So I'm there going, Wonka, you're worth a billion pounds, and yet you can't even pay your bloody gas bill. What is wrong with you? And bless, <laughs> and bless the kids who were Oompa Loompas. You had four, four of them just slowly pushing the red beam on the stage. Pushing him. <laughs> pushing it. And we're there going, the frickin' only two. I thought, Friday night, people, we're doing okay. <laughs> we get, yeah. we, yeah, we all, It's all fine. Not a problem. Then we get to the bows. The kid playing Charlie. Now, picture the two rows of audience. There's an aisle in the middle. The kid, Charlie, he's supposed to finish off the song. And what he does, he starts to go down the steps through the audience as the finale song is playing. And there was me trying to stay in character going, Charlie, get back here. Please get back here. And my mate Jack playing Willy Wonka is patting me on the shoulder going, what is he doing? I went, I don't know. I was like, come back. And he was gone. He was out the building he literally walked out of the building had enough (laughs) he just had enough and I and I just said to I just looked at Jack he looked at me we went back to back and we finished the song off and Jack said thank god you're the tenor because I can hit that note and I just went that kid is gonna hit a high note when I see him and and, you know we leave the we leave the building we see the kid and next, you know, there was me, the guy playing Willy Wonka and one or two others. We're chasing after the kid and I threw the walker stick at and I'm there going, get here, you little On, Oh, I think he climbed a tree, bless him. <laughs> Just to get away from me. Yeah, he was dedicated to his escape then. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so that's my, that's one of my fondest stories of the stage um, and another learning curve. So if anything happens, well, is it Friday night? Let's have a good time, people. We're here all night. <laughs> all you can do. Yeah. So I heard as well that you're gonna do a Guns N' Roses biopic. Is that true?
1: It was, but due to legal stuff, we can't uh it can't go forward. It just can't ah, because you know of what? the whole band stuff and trademarks and all this stuff. And yeah. Money I'm glad so I'm not an entertainment lawyer. Let's put it that way.
0: Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's in retrospect. It's like money talks. Then basically, yeah.
1: I would have done it anyways, and just got sued after. I mean not would <laughs> have been worth it. But.
0: Yeah, I'd I'd love to see a Guns. I mean, come on. So I mean, you're saying get sued afterwards? Well, welcome to the jungle. No, no pun intended. But yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean that's that's the business for you. I mean, I'd love to see a Guns N' Roses biopic. I mean, is there any films that you dream of? Seeing? Um, is there any? Any event, any individual band or whatever that you'd love to see uh in as a film, as a play or whatever?
1: Like as a biopic or yeah,
0: yeah, as a biopic.
1: Before I mean, why don't we do one on Nicolas Cage's childhood? <laughs> I think that would be awesome.
0: Yeah. Well, he's part of the couple of family, so yeah, that would be a biopic. Oh my god. I could I could just see I could just see it now, him and eight years old go in yeah. okay let's go for it <laughs> I'm, I'm ready uncle francis
1: <laughs>
0: so when it when it comes to acting and how do you approach it though when what is your do you have a technique or do you just do it
1: um <clears throat> i did study the meisner meisner technique for a while which is it boils down to basically just um reacting instead of acting you know um Mm. scenes in a script kind of represent icons if you will or experiences that all humans have pretty much had you know the the goodbye the hello the first kiss the last kiss the fight the breakup the argument the triumph there's scenes are representations of that kind of life matter Mm. Um, so it's important to sort of draw from like your own life experiences and and when you read the scene, okay, well, I haven't experienced this personally, but have I experienced what this scene is about, what it's trying to um, convey and, and compel in the script. <clears throat> and then sort of remember that moment to activate it chemically in your brain while doing the scene on camera helps, I find.
0: Mm. how did you get
1: into films then um i started right after i graduated well i I did a few films when i was in college i met a producer in la when i was um studying with aaron spizer over um over a summer in hollywood Mm. and then um yeah i started exec producing a few smaller indie films that uh, led me to getting a few smaller parts. And then when I graduated college, I started working with uh, a great Canadian director named Robert Budrow, who did Born to Be Blue, Stockholm, uh, Queen of Bones, Delia's Gone. And yeah, we started working together. I started um, exec producing his films and sort of acting in them, and then got an agent and manager and just started
0: auditioning and booking. and. We'll see what the next step is one of the last questions for you then adam and um, thanks for appearing on the podcast i really do appreciate it yeah of course. Um, so i always ask all my guests this question and um, but for you it's going to be like a double bill uh the first one is how do you look back on your career and the slash is what um what's the future hold how does the future hold for you adam It's interesting how I look
1: back on my career. Cause I always think of, well, if this didn't happen and that didn't happen, I could have been doing this or I could have been doing that. And, you know, I have a lot of, I have a tendency to dwell on the past and sort of beat myself up and and in, in, in retrospect, think of what I could have done better. Um, I think that comes from having overcome uh, addiction Right. You always think of, well, where could I have been if these six, seven years hadn't done such a toll on me physically, mentally, emotionally, whatever you want to think of. Um, but other, I mean, I don't really have any regrets because where I, I am today, I'm very happy with. Mm. Right. And, and I've been sober long enough now to know that everything definitely happens for a reason. So I'm content with. Being where I am and, and what the what the future holds. I mean, I'm at a point in my life now where I have a fiance. We're gonna have a family soon, so um, I, I I know I want to start doing bigger films, like more studio films, and um, I want to continue to sort of mature and and grow on this trajectory that I'm on. You know, if I don't get bit and killed by a shark first, that'll be so I don't know, I'm trying to take as less risk as, or lesser risks than usual that I would have when I was in my twenties. Um, but yeah, that's sort of where I want my career to go now. And I think like even getting Nicholas Cage on the show would be amazing. The fishy show. he loves it too. Right. <laughs> you might, you might hear some stuff that you'd never hear on land. So. Can you imagine, like, you're out there and he just, like, turns off all the cameras and he's like, Adam, I'm an alien. Like, just something that, you know, I know UFOs because I live on them. There's that.
0: <laughs> that would
1: be, like, my So, I mean, that's the most important thing to me now is just sort of enjoying moment to moment, having good experiences, laughing, not taking things seriously. So, I mean, because at the end of the day, all those experiences are going to add up to what your life is, right? mm mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely.
0: Are you looking for the perfect bracelet for a loved one? Would your man be interested in a personalised keyring from his children? Are you looking for the best priced jewellery whether it be a necklace, ring, earrings, bangle or even more? Look no further than Crafted Arts. Crafted Arts is a local business based in Barry within the Vale of Morgan and they have a range of all the perfect items you need. If it's for the perfect gift for an anniversary or maybe it's for someone's birthday maybe something for Christmas or you wanted to give someone that perfect gift that will last a long time, Crafted Arts is the business for you. If you want to know more or see what they have in stock, then you can visit them locally at 29 High Street, Barrie, Morgan, CF627EB or you can go onto their website at www.craftedarts.co.uk You can even email them at info at craftedarts.co.uk or maybe just give them a call at oh double seven eight nine nine four two four eight trust me it's worth it for the perfect gift the best thing about creative space is that we don't just want to encourage people in being creative in tv film or even theater we also want you to be creative in a variety of other things as well so do you want to have experience in making jewelry do you want to pick up a hobby but do not know what to take or where to start, then look no further than the Veil Jewelry Workshops. Veil Jewelry Workshops provides the best experience in teaching you how to make the best sterling silver jewelry. They will help you make a range of silverware, including rings, bracelets and many more pieces. You will learn the basic silversmith skills such as soldering, texturing, shaping and lots more. Not only do the workshops provide the experience for adults, it also provides the best experience and fun for children as well. So if you want to learn on how to make sterling silver jewellery and if you're very interested, go onto their website at www.veildewerryworkshops.co.uk or get in touch with them via email at info at or even phone at zero double seven eight nine seven nine four two four eight.